Have you ever been in a season of life where you sense that something is missing? You can't quite put your finger on it, but you know something is missing. You sense it, and so you go looking for it. Maybe you sense that right now that love or connection is missing. Maybe goals and meaning and purpose are missing. Maybe it is a connection and a relationship that you sense is missing. Often what happens in life when we sense that something is missing, we fervently go to find it. But sometimes we go looking in all the wrong places. Sometimes what happens is when, when the pause of life comes at the end of the day, what we do is we get on Netflix or Disney Plus or Amazon Prime and we go through the menu and we see hundreds and hundreds of options, but none of the options seem to work because they can't give us what we're looking for. So then it's later at night and we go scrolling through social media, hoping to find something that will fulfill what is missing in our life. And some of us, what we do is we fall prey to, to advertising and we see that thing online that says we must have it. So we go to Amazon and we do that one clip one-click purchase, they make it super easy to take your money. You, you click that one button thinking, if I can just buy this thing, it will give me what is missing in my life. But often what happens is when we sense there's something missing, we begin to think that everything is missing. And when someone is missing, we sense that everyone is missing. In fact, we seem to think that our life is that YouTube, uh, YouTube anthem that says, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Well, today, if you feel like something is missing in your life, there might be something that is missing. But here's the good news. Is that we can find what we're looking for. In Jesus, we can find what we're looking for. I just believe that God's going to include what you need in this season and in this time. In fact, that's the title of this series. It's included. It's included. Say it with me. Included. Say it again. Included. I want you to say it from your soul. Included. Here's the idea for this entire series. With God, everything's included. And through Jesus, everyone is included. And that's what God wants to share with you today. If you sense that something is missing in your life, just go to God. He'll give you what you need and more. That's what God does. He gives you what you need and more. Aren't you glad that he gives you more? Yes. But we must come to him and ask him to give us the more that we need. Well, today I want to focus in on identity. Because in life, identity is everything. In fact, identity is what allows us to move through life. Uh, all of us have an ID, and we take that ID, and it allows us to travel. It allows us to do things. But has there ever been a moment when you misplaced your ID? What happens? You're stuck. You know, ID theft is a real thing here in the U.S., in fact, there are people who they build their livelihood on stealing other people's identity. Stealing credit card numbers so that they can buy stuff on Amazon. <laughs> they they uh, fake your social media account and they try to ask other people, other friends of yours for money. Just so you know, if you ever get a friend request from me and then immediately following in your DM, you get a request saying, uh, I'm, I'm in my prayer closet praying fervently for you, but by the way, will you give me money? That's not me. I'm just going to tell you. If you ever get that, I'm not the one sending it to you. It's somebody somewhere else. 
There are people who've also experienced their whole identity being stolen. And it's a pain point for people. It's big, big, big business for the criminals, but it's a pain point for us. Why? Because every year, one out of every three Americans experience identity theft. And what happens is to the tune of 56 billion, with a B, people lose $56 billion in the process. And then people have to spend 200 hours and thousands of dollars over the course of nearly half a year on average to recover their identity, not to mention the anxiety, the worry, the stress, the sleepless nights. Identity theft is a big deal. But you know what the greatest tragedy is? Is when we experience spiritual identity theft. Yeah, it's a thing. It's really possible. Many of us were walking through life it's been a couple decades since we were a kid. But even now, the negative voices from our past echo and reverberate in our mind. You'll never be enough. You'll never be good enough. You're not smart enough. You'll never get ahead in life. We hear the chatter of the negative voices from our past. Or maybe we're haunted by something we did decades ago. And we're trying to outrun our past, but it still keeps coming back up to haunt us. Or maybe you're dealing and struggling with the condemnation of the enemy who's in your mind saying, your sin is too big. God can't forgive you. You'll never have a relationship with God. He doesn't want you. Yes, he may want the other person, but not you. Many of us, we've had our identity hijacked by the world, by people who didn't have our best interests in mind, or even the enemy. I'm here to tell you today, under the authority of Scripture, that your identity is included. With God, your identity is included. He wants to recover your identity and re-give it back to you. You don't have to struggle anymore, church. You can step into the good thing that God has for you because with God, your identity is included. He wants to give it back to you. In this series, we're going to look at a man who Needed a lot of help. His name was Peter. He was one of the first 12 followers of Jesus. And honestly, he was a hot mess. He was a hot mess. He cursed like a sailor. He had an angry anger problem. He would fly off the handle and hurt people. He was a lot more like us than we would like to admit. And he struggled because there were things missing in his life, including his identity. But here's... What we see in the scripture, we see that Jesus found him, saw potential in him, was willing to help him, even through massive failure, so that he could step into the identity that God had created him with. And that's the good news that I have for you today, is we're all like Peter, but Jesus is still like Jesus. And we can be confident that with him, he still sees potential in each one of you. He sees potential. He sees purpose. He wants you to recover that. But you have to step into connection with him. And I'm here to tell you, get, co get connected to Jesus. Because if you do, your life will get better. Your life will get better. I want to share with you what we see in Scripture. 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to invite you to open up your Bible. We're going to look at the Word of God together. But before I do, I just want to make mention, as I invite you to open up your Westover app, that in the Westover app on the front page, we have an area where you can get a group study for this specific sermon. 
It's tailor-made for you. There's conversation starters. There's a video that I've recorded with unique content. There's group questions, and we've designed it for you in mind. So I invite you to use it for your life group. You can use it at work uh, with your coworkers or with some friends or with family. We invite you to be a part of this study included. And we're going to have a group experience for every weekend in this series included. And we'd love for you to be a part of that discussion. Well, let's step into the Word of God. 2 Peter Chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, this is what it says. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. Look what he says in verse 2. May God give you more and more, say more and more, grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. He's trying to encourage them. To let them know, hey, with God, everything's included. And through Jesus, everyone's included. He's trying to encourage them. And today I want to share with you a couple ways to discover or rediscover your identity. Number one, find your identity in Jesus. Find your identity in Jesus. This is what he says in verse one. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. Now in this verse, Peter defines himself in terms of his relationship with Jesus. He says, I'm a slave of Jesus. He's saying, I'm here serving at the beck and call of Jesus Christ. I'm here to serve him, but I'm also an apostle. An apostle is just a fancy word for saying that he's a messenger. He says, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm willing to tell anyone, anywhere, anytime about who Jesus is. I'm not ashamed of him because I know who he is and he's told me who I am. In this point in time, Peter's very clear about what his identity is. But that wasn't always the case. Months and years before, Peter had an identity problem. In fact, he thought he knew what his identity was, but he was mistaken. In fact, if you would have gone up to him and asked him, Peter, who are you? He would have said, I'm Simon, son of Jonah. Or he might say, I'm a fisherman. Or he might say, I'm in the group with Jesus. But here's the problem. Peter didn't realize that his identity wasn't the full true identity. For you see, proximity to Jesus is not, sa- is not the same as having an identity rooted in Jesus. Just because you're close to Jesus and he's in your circle doesn't mean your identity is rooted in Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate step. We need to step in and find our identity in him. You know, Peter, he walked, talked, and shared meals with Jesus for three years. And his identity worked until it didn't. For you see, in one moment, his identity cracked under the pressure. The most critical moment where he could have said, I am a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. He says, I don't know who that Jesus is. That guy, I don't know. I've never seen, I'm ne- I've never seen him. He's not a part of my circle, not a part of my life. What happens in life when your life falls apart? Do you crack under pressure? Do you deny Jesus? See, Peter's problem is very similar to ours. We often define ourselves in terms of what family we're a part of, what job we have, or what circle we're a part of as well. But what happens in life when our family abandons us, when we are rejected from the group or we lose our job? What often happens in those moments is our identity fractures and falls apart. Why? Because a fake identity will always create a real identity crisis. Many of us, we have our identity rooted in temporary things. Who we're affiliated with, 
what our job is, who's in our inner circle. But all those things can change in an instant. But here's the good news. Your identity is God-given and not man-made. I'm going to say it again. It's worth repeating. Your identity is God-given and not man-made. See, and this is, this is the plan of the enemy for each one of us. He wants to take the beautiful, wonderful identity that he gave to you at conception and at birth. And he wants to twist it and degrade it and destroy it. It's part of the reason why in this culture we have so many identity issues. Gender identity. Identity issues about sexuality and, and who you want to connect with and who you want to have a relationship with. Why? Because the enemy cannot create a good identity for any one of us. He can only take a good identity that God created and destroy it. And I'm here to tell you under the authority of Scripture that God gave you an identity. And the identity he gave you is exactly the one he intended for you to have. But what happens is that when identity confusion happens in any of these areas of life, our life begins to fall apart. We have anxiety. We have depression. We have fear. We have concern. Because when we depart from the identity that God gives us, the enemy can then step in. It's part of the reason why people have suicidal thoughts. Because he's already got you to accept a lesser than identity. And then he wants to not only degrade you, but then destroy you. What we need to do is we need to find our identity in Jesus Christ. Because our identity is God-given, not, not man-made. And we will never know who we are until we know who he is. So don't find, your, find yourself or find your own identity. Find Jesus. Because when you find Jesus, you'll find your identity in him. And that's the goal. We need to find our identity rooted in him. Here's the second way to discover or rediscover your identity. Number two, hold on to your faith. Say it with me. Hold on to your faith. Peter continues in verse one saying, I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. What we need to do is we need to hold on to our faith. Why? Because when we lose our identity, our faith will keep us anchored. When the job goes away, our faith will keep us anchored. When the friendships go away, our faith will keep us anchored. When everything falls apart, our faith will keep us anchored. It is the anchor of our soul because it's rooted in Jesus Christ. And this is why Peter is saying to them, hold on to this precious faith you and I, we share. He's saying, hold fast to it. Don't let it go. He's saying faith here is precious because it's priceless. And the reason it's priceless is because Jesus gave his precious life for us. He, he emptied himself completely so that we could experience faith in him. He's inviting us to hold fast to our faith. Our faith is precious and it's also a gift. Faith is a gift. It's a gift from God to you. And he wants you to hold on to it. Look at what he says at the end of this verse 1. He says, this faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. It isn't because of what we do. It's because of what Jesus did. I'm inviting us, church. Let's engage with the word of God. If you hear something in the word of God, get excited about it. I want you to lean into this. Look at what he's saying. 
This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. Here's what Paul says, another first follower of Jesus. He says this in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. Not about you, but I'm excited about the faith that Jesus gave to me when he put his life on a cross and he said, I'm going to pour out all of my life for you. We should take hold of that faith and say, I'm going to hold fast to you, Jesus, because it doesn't matter what's shaking in my life. I know you're unshakable. And this is the faith that Jesus gave to us. It's a gift. We can't earn it, but we can receive it. And I'm inviting us to receive that faith today through the power and the name of Jesus. Here's what I've also discovered is that faith, it fills in the gaps. Now, all of us, we've got gaps, right? We've all got gaps. Parents, you know your kids have gaps, right? Yeah, everybody's got gaps. But faith in Jesus Christ fills in the gaps. Why? Because when we invite him in, he fills in the gaps. If you haven't received justice or fairness, he fills in the gap. If your bank account is short and you put your faith and hope in Jesus and you still decide to tithe, he'll fill in the gap because he's good and faithful. Whatever is missing in your life, faith will fill in the gap because it's believing that God makes up the difference. That's what faith is. Faith is believing God makes up the difference because with God, everything's included. And through Jesus, say it with me, everyone is included. We need to hold on to that. Here's the third way to discover or rediscover your identity. Rest in God's peace. Rest in God's peace. Rest in God's peace. I'm going to say it again because I sense in my heart that many of you, you struggle. You struggle and you struggle and you struggle. And you try to fall asleep, but it's really hard. And you try to get rest, but it doesn't work. But all you need is peace. We all need peace. Peace is priceless. Have you ever been in a season of life where you experience peace? You know peace is priceless. And when you lose that peace, you lose a good quality of life. Look at what, look at what he says in verse 2. Peter says this. He's praying for them. May God give you more and more grace. Sometimes I need the second more. I've gotten more, but then... I say, God, I need more. I need the more, more of you. I need the more, more grace. I need the more, more peace. I need you to plus that up for me because I'm really in the red in this area. But look what he does. He prays for them. He says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. He's saying there's something to be found in knowing Jesus better. God gives us grace and peace. Many of us were struggling because we can't find peace. What I want you to notice here is that Peter was praying for them. But I want to reassure you that he was also praying for you. Here's a spiritual principle I want to give to you. And I say this to the parents and the grandparents that are praying for family members that are away from God. Prayers don't expire. I'll say it again. I, I think some of us, we need to tuck that in our heart. Prayers don't expire. Prayers don't expire. Prayers don't expire. So Peter prayed this prayer for them then. But because prayers don't expire, this prayer is also for you and I. He's saying, may God give you 
and you and you and you and you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Parents, grandparents, keep praying. Keep praying because the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. We need to store up in heaven prayers that won't expire. They may not come to pass now. They may come later. They may come decades later. My grandmother was praying for someone in our family for decades. And right before she died, she told my mom, she says, that person in our family is gonna come to know Jesus. I've prayed that prayer for decades for her, but she's yet to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she went into the presence of God not seeing it fulfilled. A couple of years later, that person in our family uh, decided to follow Jesus. And it was the prayer of a faithful woman that availeth much and that caused that person to come to faith in Jesus Christ. I want, you, I want to encourage you to store up prayers. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying that God would give you more grace and more peace, that he would give you reassurance now for the thing you've yet to see. Because sometimes we don't see it right now, but we know that if we pray in faith and that we pray uh, prayers that are in alignment with the will of God, that he will accomplish it. Why? Because he's good and faithful. I want to encourage you, church, to keep praying. Keep praying for that person who's lost. Keep praying for that person in your family who's struggling with drug addiction. Keep praying for that person who's far away from God. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. For you see, if you do, you will rest in God's peace. Prayer that align with God's will will bring you peace. Just know you won't find peace in the things of the world. You won't find it in alcohol or drugs or another relationship with another person or in yoga meditation or a horoscope or someone uh, helping you connect with your chakras or going to a curandero or someone reading your palm or having your cards read. You cannot find peace in that because peace cannot be found in that. It can only be found in Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is peace because he is the Prince of Peace. This is what Isaiah 9, 6 says, that Jesus is is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus continued that conversation in John 14, 27, when he says this, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He goes on to say in another part of scripture, the peace I give you will suppress all understanding. It will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When we get to Jesus, everything's included. He loves you. He loves you. It doesn't matter what the enemy says. It doesn't matter what your past says. It doesn't matter what the negative voices of your past say. He loves you. And he's inviting you. He's saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you what you need. I'll give you peace. But you just need to say yes to me. So now church, as I close, I invite you to set aside everything. And we're just going to invite the Lord to be a part of this. I'm going to invite you right now to stand.
I'm inviting you to stay dialed into this moment because in order to have everything that God has included for us, we need to include him in our life. Fortunately, to include him in our life, we believe here at Westover, it's as clear as ABC. It's A, admitting that you need Jesus in your life. B, believing that his death was necessary and was enough to pay for the sin that we couldn't pay for. And C, confessing from our heart with our mouth that we want him to be in charge of our life. And you can make that decision today. In fact, if you only make one decision all year, this is the most important decision. Because with God, everything's included and through Jesus, everyone's included. I wanna give you that opportunity right now and I'm gonna invite all of us to bow our heads and close our eyes. And I just sense in my heart that there are some of you who are here, whether in the room or part of our online family, and you know you need Jesus in your life. Here's what I wanna invite you to do. You're not joining this church. You're just saying yes to Jesus. On the count of three, I wanna invite you to raise your hand because he wants to meet with you. He wants to be included in your life. If you want all that God wants to include in your life, we must include him in our life. So on the count of three, I'm gonna invite you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Yes, hands going up everywhere. Yes, yes, yes. Front to back, side to side, the Lord sees you up in the balcony. Here's what I wanna invite you to do. I'm gonna invite you to say this prayer out loud. And in fact, to help you, all of us are gonna say this prayer from our heart. Say it from the place in your heart where you say I love you to the people you care about most. I want us all to say this prayer to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I need you. I've tried to do life without you. And I realize I can't, but I believe in you today. I ask you to forgive my sin. Give me a new life. And Lord, I lay down anything that gets in the way of my relationship with you. And I say yes to you. Be in charge of my life today and forever. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you just said that prayer, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. Yes, let's give a hand right now. If you just said that prayer, here's a couple things I'd love to invite you to do. First, text New Life to the number on the screen. It just lets us know that you made that decision today. We want to help you in your journey and in your walk with Jesus Christ. Second, we have a class called Faith Essentials that happens the first and second Sunday of every month. And it's intended to answer any questions that you have about faith. We want to help you in this journey. And number three, our prayer team is going to be available here at the end of service right here at the front. They'd love to pray with you. And finally, if you'd like to meet Pastor Danae and I and be encouraged by us, we'll be at Guest Central. At that point, you can also find out about how you can get connected to a life group. It's been a delight to have you here with us at Westover today. God bless you, and we are dismissed.